Employees are the most valuable asset any business has. They're every company's biggest investment and greatest determiner for success. So it goes without saying that recruiting the right talent is one of the most critical core functions of any organization. So how do you do it? And what really goes into the recruiting process? To find out, today we'll be speaking with JotForm's very own international recruiter, Alexis Russell. Welcome to Momentum, a podcast by JotForm, where we talk about the technology, productivity tips, insights, and best practices that help us move forward in business and in life. Let's get started. Right, we are live. Welcome to the show. My name is Elliot, your host, and today I am here with JotForm's international recruiter, Alexis Russell. Welcome to the show. Hi, Elliot. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. Um, today, I'd like to talk, obviously, about recruiting, how we do recruiting at JotForm, some of what your your role entails, but also just get an idea of, of who you are and uh, what brought you here. So you just want to start out by getting a little bit of background and how you got here? Absolutely. It's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on Momentum. And my name's Alexis Russell. I've been with JotForm for almost two years. I'm our international recruiter. So US, UK, Australia, Canada, these are my wheelhouses. And I love being a recruiter. So really, this just drives me, brings so much energy to my day in the life. I wake up and I am so excited to come to work. So what I do, I find people jobs simply. And mm-hmm. this is such a rewarding career. It's just really helping people take their own careers to the next level while giving them that sense of, yes, here's, here's why I'm alive. So I really enjoy connecting with people on that personal level. Now, too often than not, recruiters are seen as kind of intimidating and scary. Mm -hmm. And I want to put that notion on its head, flip it upside down. So what I want to do from day one is build this genuine connection with helping people find their purpose and their passion. And I really enjoy JotForm's humanistic values. And we are a tech company, yes, but we are humanistic at heart. And I love this. We are family first in a really uplifting, supportive community to be a part of. So taking my own values and seeing that, yes, it aligns with our own company, I really this sparks me. That, that's wonderful. Um, I think that, you know, you're the first touch point so many potential applicants have to, to jot form. So having that, that positive energy to kind of bring them in and, as you said, sort of put them at ease a little bit because you're absolutely right. We've all been um, a candidate and we've had to talk to a recruiter and it is absolutely daunting. It's a little bit intimidating. You don't know what to expect. You know that you're kind of being, well, you're literally being interviewed. I don't want to use the word judged, but you know, you sort of are a little bit. And so you want to break down those barriers and, and make it seem approachable. Um, so, so I like that, that response a lot about flipping that sort of image and stereotype on its head. Um, can you just take us through a little bit of what an average day in the life of an international recruiter at a tech company looks like. You know, you're managing so many different uh, markets. I mean, how many calls are you on a day? <laughs> how are you working in crazy time zones with with all of the different countries we operated in? Like, what does it look like for you? Absolutely. So typically, a recruiter normally handles one region. So it is quite unique to have a global recruiter managing so many different countries. And I love this. It's a great mm-hmm. challenge, a great thrill. Now, my day in the life is busy. <laughs> I imagine. And um, it 
definitely works starting off a little earlier, maybe around mm -hmm. seven or eight to okay. speak with London and then staying maybe later. So two, three, four o'clock, I speak with Australia. So definitely having that around the world time zone. And um, there's different segments, what I'm doing on a daily basis. We have technical jobs that we're filling, developers. We have customer service jobs, technical support. And then we may have some videos or writers. Mm -hmm. So there's all these different little niches. Sure. And again, typically recruiters fall within one. There's technical recruiters. There's mm -hmm. enterprise recruiters. I'm doing it all. Right. And my day in the life, high volume, high velocity. I really enjoy the sales component, enterprise. These positions are super exciting. They're kind of the backbone, the driving force of JotForm, sure. as well as the developers. Now, this is a learning curve for sure. I myself am not technical. I'm not a developer. Mm -hmm. So it's been just a huge uptick to speak their language. So it's a fruitful two-way dialogue. Um, so lots of calls, lots of emails, and mm -hmm. lots of out outreach per day. Lots of communication, I imagine. <laughs> so as you mentioned, you are hiring across all these departments and divisions and skill sets. I mean, how, how do you do that? Because you obviously can't be necessarily be an expert in everything, but you have to be, I imagine, fluent enough to at least be able to screen them yes. and how good of a fit they are. So how do you approach that? Absolutely. Stepping back to our original point, communication is key. Mm -hmm. Having the clear expectation from the team. What are you looking for from in like this a person? Hiring manager Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And even teammates, the people they're working with on a daily basis. Cultural fit versus technical skills. Two different animals here. Mm -hmm. We need to ensure they're going to be agile, just passionate, driven. So we want to ensure they're a strong cultural fit. And mm -hmm. that you can't teach candidates. Right. So that you'll really pick up on in the first five minutes, 10 minutes. Now, technical skills, this is where you speak to the teammates, the hiring managers, just to hone in on, here's what I need to keep in mind. Here's what we really are looking for. Now, something that's great to know, we don't want anyone to be an expert. We want teammates and candidates to keep learning and growing. So this is what I can share with them. If you're coming in with a baseline skill set, a really strong understanding, but you're willing to step outside your comfort zone mm -hmm. to learn and grow. I'm a coach in that regard. My goal is not only to screen candidates, but coach them to say, here's what we're looking for. Maybe for a developer, study up on PHP um, for an enterprise role. Tell us about your experience in a fast-paced, high-volume environment. So that's my understanding, to have this natural conversation with the candidate to help coach them for specific things we're looking for. And just, again, having this full transparency for our process. Here's what you can expect. Here's our timeline. Um, so I think that's, that makes the job a little fun. Absolutely. And I bet that also probably helps set them up for success in sub subsequent interviews where they're maybe talking with the hiring manager or, or the team. But uh, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. What does the recruiting process, like the holistic from point A to point Z, what does that process look like at JotForm? And does that differ from hiring processes at maybe other companies you've been at? You know, I, I feel like some companies you hear about, oh, we have six, seven interviews. Some companies, it's just one or two. What does the process look like at JotForm? Absolutely. You nailed it on the head. So we have a streamlined, fast-moving process. We're an agile company. So really just taking that to heart with everything we mm -hmm. do. Now, overall, we have two and a half steps on average for our interview process for the recruiting, which is good. Now, some may be one and done, some may be two or three. Sure. So from, from the first point of contact, what I do is a, a 
I would say 50-50 split. Half finding the talent. We call this a talent search, a talent hunt. The other half is just going through the applicants. For some jobs, we have thousands of yeah. people who apply. For others, it may just be a couple hundred. Do you have to sift through every single one? I absolutely wow. do. Okay, that's got to be time consuming. <laughs> now, what we're looking at is there are different platforms. You know, LinkedIn is a wonderful tool, mm -hmm. just awesome. Everything A-plus about it. Some tools are really subpar. So part of my job is to present to the team, to our executive C-suite, here's some options, our alternatives that we could be looking at just to make the recruiters' lives easier. For where you post the jobs? Correct. So, for example, we utilize Bamboo HR, which mm -hmm. is actually yep. like an HRIS sort of system for yeah. HRs. Um, now, this is also integrating with uh, Glassdoor, Indeed, ZipRecruiter, all of which have similar, like, clunky platforms. Yeah. I really am not a huge fan. So what I do on LinkedIn, I can find the talent, type in keywords, type in years of experience, and that produces a lot of great results, open to work. Um, other times, we just go through this applicant pool. So that's how I s kind of start the search going. Yeah. After that, we set up an initial 30-minute conversation, just talking about the role overall, high level, getting to know each other, talking about expectations to come. After that first 30-minute screening, I call it, then, if they're great, I present my notes to the team, the hiring manager. They decide if they'd like to proceed with a business round of interview, which is a deeper dive, talking mm -hmm. more about technicalities, the vision, the growth. And sometimes we have a take-home challenge. And I know, again, this seems a little daunting, but at the end of the day, you roll up your sleeves and get a feel for what it's like to work at JobForm. It's not hard. It's not days. It's just a weekend and a night that you can spend on this. Then we ended with a final panel where the candidate is meeting teammates. So just a really holistic, fast-moving approach takes mostly a month on average. Yeah, yeah, and that's pretty fast, I think, for most companies. Absolutely. I would say. Again, you hear about you know four, five, six different interviews, maybe multiple take-home challenges. But uh, I remember when I was hired a, a few years ago. Now it was yeah, two interviews and a take-home challenge, and I thought there'd actually be more interviews after that. Um, they didn't have a dedicated recruiter at, at that time, so it's great that you're you're on the team now. Um, but I was like, this is way simpler than I anticipated. You know, it's better for the company and it's better for for the applicant, mm -hmm. honestly, because you aren't wasting anyone's time. You're kind of getting getting through it, and it's either a yes or a no, and you can move on or, or start your position. So I really like the way we approach that. Um, some companies might not have that luxury and privilege just be able to do it in two, depending on the hierarchy or, or anything like that. But mm -hmm. that is something that I've always liked about JotForm, uh, I will say. So LinkedIn is your favorite platform. Yep. It's sounding like. Um, are you more, as a recruiter, are you more sort of proactive or reactive? Are you more going through applications we've gotten for open positions, or are you sort of, I guess they'd call it headhunting and trying to find people who are looking for work and seem like a good fit and proactively reaching out to them? What do you do more? Absolutely. Being proactive is the name of the game. Okay. I consider myself like an octopus brain, just going in all <laughs> different directions at once and being able to thrive in that chaos. That it is, is chaos. Absolutely. And that's that's how I work best, being just fully thrown in. Is that where you generally find the best applicants by being proactive? Yes. So are, is that a matter of them just maybe not applying, not seeing the job, or knowing they have the credentials that people just come up and, and talk to them? How do you go about that? You always have to build your network constantly. So mm -hmm. you can never expect to have the talent within arm's reach. You always have to go out to continuously network and word of mouth. That's that's really where you build momentum behind the positions in the company. Um, so overall, being proactive is the name of the game. Okay. If you're finding yourself going through applications day in, day out, and not 
dedicating hours to finding the talent proactively, you're on a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. Your career is just going to go bloop. So really, just got to go out and build, build, build those relationships. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Um, How did, because before we started the podcast, you mentioned you've been recruiting for about five years or so. Um, How would you say that COVID impacted recruiting practice? Like before that, did you usually conduct in-person interviews and now they're mostly remote or were they always usually remote interviews? Like how, how did COVID factor into that? COVID just changed everything. Mm-hmm. So I would say for the most part, interviews were all in person okay. and positions were all in person. It was really not too common to have remote or hybrid. And post-COVID, people want to have virtual interviews, which is totally fine, but they really want remote or hybrid work. Right. And it's fun to be in the office, to build these relationships and sense of community in person. So I think it's really actually tricky as a selling point when you have a fully remote position to engage that talent. Why do we want you as a remote teammate when you have an office to come into? Um, flip side, you can have teammates who don't want to be in the office. They mm-hmm. only want their remote position. So really striking this happy point. Yeah, it's tough. I feel like a lot of companies are going through that right now. I mean, obviously COVID, a lot of companies went fully remote and now more and more companies are going back to the hybrid or even potentially full-time in office. And that has to, but a lot of the workforce I know are still interested in remote or or hybrid setups. So it's a little bit finding that balance because we do have an office here in San Francisco, uh, job form, and it's great coming into the office. We have a, a great spot. Um, we like coming in when we do. So it's a matter of finding people that would be interested in that and aren't just out there for for the remote spot, even though there are positions where it's better suited for that. So Absolutely. I imagine it's it's a bit of a balance. Um, broadly speaking, again, this is a broad question, but what are you looking for in potential candidates? Like what are some immediate green flags and maybe some immediate red flags? Absolutely. So here is a really great talking point as well with COVID, the last point. We've had so many candidates, rock stars, just awesome people all the way across the board with iffy tenure. Mm -hmm. And this is because when companies are externally funded, they may have just a hard time retaining talent Mm -hmm. due to the external pressures that are put upon them. So you have maybe a person with a Salesforce background or a Monday or a Sana for an enterprise role, mm-hmm. these are just green flags. Right. Um, great companies, not necessarily is a green flag all by itself, but it's it's showing, yes, you're proven that you can do the work, similar to our environment. Sure. So when you have these candidates, one year, one and a half years, eight months, just because COVID for the past three years, it's really hard for us. We want candidates with strong tenure. Yeah, they just shown they've been at a job for a decent amount of time. Because Exactly. Um, so when you have COVID impacting that it's it's not necessarily the candidate's yeah. fault. Yeah, it's tough. Right. So I wouldn't say right off the bat that alone is a red or a green flag. It's just the environment we've been yeah. in globally for the past three years. Now that aside, something a green flag is just this can-do attitude, wearing multiple hats, being a hands-on leader. Mm-hmm. Even if it's an associate level position, the ability to roll up your sleeves and say, here's what I want to do, wearing that creative leadership hat. Here's a project I want to see happen and roll with it. I love that about our environment. It's not a top-down. It's not jumping through red tape. We want candidates who have that mentality, even if they're an associate level. Now, another green flag is just having a, a desire to constantly learn and grow. And if you're coming in with a solid foundational skill set, if you're maybe more junior, you graduated in 2020 or mm-hmm. something like that, it doesn't matter. We want you to keep evolving. Now, a 
a red flag. And this is where it's tricky, because if you see something on paper, it's not always how mm -hmm. it is in reality. A red flag, I would say, is you're just not a team player. You maybe have an over overabundance of ego. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's kind of a red flag for us, especially at JotForm. We want team players. We want go-getters. And if you're kind of a sour attitude, it's not going to work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so green flags uh, that can do attitude, that willingness to put in work. Um, having good name, big name on the resume is great. Um, tenure is one of those iffy things. It's great to see tenure, but sometimes it's just outside of their control. So sounds like it's all just a case to case basis. And often with especially with the personality stuff, you can probably tell that uh, during the first interview, like you said, probably within the first five minutes, yes. if they have that can do attitude, or they do have that bit of a sour attitude. But first, obviously, they have to have the credentials to even warrant the, the interview to begin with, yes. I imagine. So again, it's for you, it's finding that that balance, like what on paper looks good enough to warrant maybe taking the next step. And then hopefully often you're pleasantly surprised. I imagine sometimes it's a bit disappointing, but you know, all part of the game. Day all in part the of the game. Um, you mentioned it a little bit earlier. How closely do you work with the hiring managers throughout the process? Because you have to deal with probably, I don't know, dozen, maybe dozens of teams that you're hiring for. So how closely are you in communication with the, the stakeholders behind the hire? Absolutely. Very close on a daily basis. Things constantly change. So if we opened a job three months ago, mm -hmm. the environment that we're working in is different. So we need to be aware of that. We need to constantly be on our toes with changing screening questions, changing job responsibilities and functions, projects you'll be working on. Now, all of this is, again, information I'll be relaying to the candidate. Here's a project you'll be working on. Um, so I think daily basis, communication with the daily hiring manager. Daily basis, all about communication. I'm, I'm getting the trend here. Um, and what, what stakeholders generally have the, the final sign-off for hiring candidates? Is it... Is it the hiring manager or is it like the CEO, the CFO? Like, what's that process like? Typically, our CEO signs off. Okay. So the, the big dog finally is the one to actually sign. We are bringing him on board. Indeed. Um, interesting. Would you say that's normal? At what point? Because I can't imagine a company like Salesforce, the CEO is signing off on every hire. So how is, is that unique to, to JotForm? I agree. I, I do think it is unique in some situations, a case-by-case -case basis. Actually, back in the day, we had our CEO interview people. Wow. Wow. That's different. <laughs> it is. So that does not happen all mm -hmm. with everyone. So definitely with the bigger companies, you may not have a CEO, a C-suite person approving the offer every single time. You may have the hiring manager having that approval. And that happens here. We have some hiring managers with that authority to say, do the offer. We're, we're good to go ahead. But typically, the CEO approves the offer. Got it. Um, what's often the single biggest, I guess, snag or holdup that you find with candidates once they're maybe further along in the interview process, maybe they've gotten an offer? Is it generally salary negotiation? Is it benefit? Like, what if someone seems like they're a perfect fit and are firing all cylinders, what is the thing that you usually see holding them back? Absolutely. Competition. Mm -hmm. People may not know who JotForm is. So we want to have that story from day one, why we're a great culture, why we're a great growth opportunity to be a part of. So when you have, let's say, an offer from Amazon in hand, and then you get an offer from JotForm, and it's, it's again, 
do I want the name brand or do I want the growth story here? Mm-hmm. Even though the name brand will come with the VC funding, your job might get pulled. You know, as, as we've right. all seen, there are pros and cons. Um, but that's where Jotform being being privately funded at this point is, is probably a benefit, and can probably you can even talk that up, I imagine, a little bit yes. from a recruiting per- perspective. So that's interesting. Um, what would you say? I guess broadly, what what would you say is the hardest part about what you do? <laughs> like, I, I imagine there are many challenges in in your day to day, but what what would you say is the most challenging thing that you face? A couple things come to mind. The immediate is ghosting mm. candidates. When you ah. find an awesome person, they ghost you. They yep. drop off. Yep. And you're just like, oh, no. Um, so if you go text, call, email, and still no response, it's, like, it's a lost it. cause. Yeah. Yeah, it happens in every facet. It of does, life, I guess. unfortunately, too yeah. too often than not. Um, another challenge I would say is, given it's a global role, a global environment, time zone challenges are always tricky. Yeah. When yeah. you have five available slots from a candidate and none of them work, mm. to go back and say, oh, "I'm shoot. sorry, we have to just keep it going. We have to wait another week." Yeah. That's just. And you could be missing out on like someone great, or yep. yeah, that that that's tough when sometimes it just doesn't align like that. Um, <clears throat> what? Conversely, what would you say is something that you said you find this job very rewarding? I guess why? Why why do you find this job rewarding? What do you like about it the most? To see the growth and the happiness on people's faces. Again, just really when you're looking for a job, when you just got laid off, you're at the lowest of your lows. Mm -hmm. You know? And to have this promise of the light at the end of the tunnel. I want to join Jotform, a great company, a great opportunity for me to take my own career to the next level. I love that. There's seriously a spark. And it can be a friendship. It can be just a sense of community. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, Alexis helped me get this job. I love my team. I'm on this growth path. And I'm really, really glad it worked out. So I love to see that success story. Yeah, it's got to be gratifying. You're sort of the funnel that gets them into the job. Do you often, are you often the one to actually give them the good news? Yes, all the time. That's got to be great. Good news and bad news. (laughs) Yeah. Conversely, the bad news, that's got to be a little bit rough, but you probably are, I guess, pretty used to it at this point when you unfortunately have to say no to no to a good candidate, mm-hmm. but all part of the job. Um, kind of a general question again, what would you say is something that would surprise most people about your role that they wouldn't guess comes with recruiting? Interesting. I would say really being an advocate for them. Again, recruiters are seem as scary and uh, unapproachable, just intimidated. Um, sorry for botching that. Oh, you're good. Um, so just having this sense of I'm human. I'm here to support you and coach you through the way to be transparent about our process. I think people aren't experiencing that. I know I've been in that situation where recruiters are just cold robots. Mm-hmm. And actually, the robots are replacing recruiters. We're having yeah, AI literally. tools just filtering through the applicants. And that's such a, a lost opportunity. You can't have robots taking over and ex- being expected to meet all the keywords. Element, Absolutely. You know. So I, I'm here to have your back. I'm here to guide you through every step of the way. Yeah. And you, you want the candidates to succeed, right? You, yes. you want Jotform to have great people. You don't want to scare them off. So I think that's something really important to, to remember. Absolutely. Um, from a recruiter's perspective, what would you say are some best practices and tips for candidates who are applying to jobs um, and or for nailing that first introductory interview? Absolutely. It doesn't, your resume is not locked in stone. You can change it. Mm -hmm. So I really would say if I found a great person, cultural fit and skill set wise, but their resume is just a little off, tweak it. 
And we're yeah. hearing this advice constantly on LinkedIn. Change your resume, maybe for each position you're, you're yeah. applying to. Just tweak it a little bit. Um, so whether that be a skill set issue or maybe a few years ago, you had a tenure for less than a year. Just You don't need to include every bit of information. Make sure it's all relevant. Gotcha. That's, that's great advice. Good to know. Um, from the opposite perspective, what's the most valuable you, thing you've learned as a recruiter for other recruiters uh, during your time in the job and in this field? Be humble and be open. Seriously, communication is key. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to just be a recruiter to make money. We want to be a recruiter to help people find jobs. And it's it's you you got to guide them. You have to mentor your candidates so they can be the best they can be. You're inspiring, Alexis. I've got to say, <laughs> got got chills. Um, great. That that's most of the questions that that I came into this having in mind. But is there anything that we sort of missed or that we didn't touch on uh, today that you'd like to share or or end on? Absolutely. I think the world is constantly changing. So if you find yourself in a career path and you're interested in other things, it doesn't hurt to branch out. Um, so if you're a developer, you've been developing in PHP for 15 years, branch out, learn other new languages. If you're a video editor and you want to maybe write on scripts or something, just, again, talk to your team, see what's the market, the trend, what's going on in the world to try to evolve. Don't be stagnant. Great advice. Take it to heart. Uh, I think we could all learn something from that. And I've definitely learned something today being here with you. I hope our, our viewers have as well. Thank you so much, Alexis, for your time. This has been a really great session. I uh, really appreciate it. And we'll see everybody next time. Thank you, Elliot. 